less than 24 hours, Georgians will be under a shelter-in-place order. McDonald, though, said he did not know the man was handcuffed and was trying to use his foot to pin him to the ground so he could be handcuffed. If your friends, neighbors, or local organizations are not complying, report them to us. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Free Georgia Podcast. My name is Jake Green. Thank you so much for joining us today. We are today. We're going to be highlighting um, a presentation that our communications director Elizabeth Melton will be doing tomorrow. Um, we're going to be talking all about smart cities today. But before we get into that, if you enjoy the podcast, if you find it interesting. Uh, educational, informative, if you just like it, entertaining, um, please subscribe, drop us a like, uh, comment, share, all of the above. Do everything to uh, to get this podcast out there. Um, we're trying to build it up. We've definitely had a growing subscriber base since, since we started doing this podcast, so that's wonderful. Um, keep sharing it around. Uh, keep telling people about it, and keep tuning in. Um, we're, we try to do at least once a week, sometimes twice a week. And then in the evenings, um, once or twice a week, we'll do what's called Liberty libations, where a few of us will just get on here and go through Twitter feeds and just talk news, politics, nonsense, all sorts of stuff. So if you want to join in on that, um, we generally schedule them a few days ahead of time. Um, you'll see the schedule come out on on Facebook and YouTube. Um, so tune in for those. Um, I also just released my documentary, um, which is about Shane Hazel's kind of about Shane Hazel's run for governor here in Georgia. Um, through the through that lens, we kind of see how third parties get screwed out of elections and how the general people aren't presented with all the options they should be presented with. Um, so if you would, if that sounds interesting to you, if you'd like to check it out, uh, you can go to my website, which is peacefulcproductions.com, S-E-A as an ocean. Um, yeah, greatly appreciate it. We had a premiere last week. Shane showed up. We had a Q&A. It's a wonderful event. We had a great time. So uh, go check that out, peacefulcproductions.com. Let's get into the show. And joining me now is Elizabeth Melton, Communications Director for LP Georgia. Elizabeth, thanks for coming back on the show. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Now, I watched a presentation that you made a couple weeks ago. Um, you used me and a few other people as, as guinea pigs. Um, and it was about what is being sold as smart cities. Can you tell us a little bit about, about what that means? Well, basically, a smart city is one that is technologically driven. You have a high degree of technology that is married with artificial intelligence, and that drives a lot of the things that the city does. So like trash collection, uh, street lights, all different kinds of things, and they can bring about things that are very useful like apps that help you find a parking space. Um, a lot of things are more efficient, but there are certain aspects of it that are kind of problematic and those aren't being talked about as, mm. as loudly as the benefits are. 
Right. Yeah. I mean, it, it's kind of like, uh, kind of like that saying, if, if, if it's free, um, you're probably the product. Um, like all these things that are, that are super convenient and make things extremely easy for us. Things like, uh, Gmail, like anything, basically anything Google related. Um, it comes at a price and the price with Google is privacy. And that's very interesting that you should bring up the free aspect because a lot of these, they're not being done with local taxpayer dollars. They're being done with grants. Um, mm. For example, some of the ones in Georgia, Georgia Tech is offering grants to put these into place. I know one in Montgomery is, is, has a great deal of financial backing through Alabama Power. Mm -hmm. So it's so easy for the, the government, the local city governments, when they're presented with these proposals, you know, here you have all of these things that we can do for you and it's not going to cost you anything. It's really very hard to say no to that. And they're just doing it without thinking or, or looking closely at mm -hmm. what some of the possible long-term consequences could be. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of how in the past, um, like, uh, communities and towns and cities that are, that are struggling economically have been taken advantage of. They're promised something, um, that will help them grow, but then there's always a caveat. And it seems like this caveat comes, um, with a, decently sized price <laughs> as far as privacy and actual like individual autonomy. Um, yeah. And, and the thing that's just so insidious about it all is that people are walking around and this is happening, but it's happening behind the curtain. Mm -hmm. So you're walking around and life is very normal to you and you don't see it. It's not right there in front of your face. Mm -hmm. So it's so much easier to pretend that it just doesn't exist. Yeah. That makes it way easier. And it, and it makes people who talk about it sound crazy. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Which is the most frustrating thing. I feel like, I feel like that's the case with most things libertarians talk about. <laughs> well, people have been talking about this happening for years. Mm. I know um, there was an activist, she passed away last year. Her name was Rosa Quarry. Mm -hmm. And she talked a lot about smart cities, um, some of the repercussions of some of the sustainable development things that they were doing. And yeah, she was kind of treated like she was a little bit kooky. And, but now it's like actually happening. Mm -hmm. So those things that people were talking about that might've seemed kooky at the time, they're just not, if there was any doubt about it, there's no longer any doubt. It is indeed happening. And I, this is not things that I have just heard third hand. I actually went to some of the implementation meetings to see firsthand what they're doing. These mm. were meetings that weren't open to the public. I was invited by local officials who knew that the LP was concerned about these kinds of issues and surveillance. So yeah, yeah, it's 
it's not a conspiracy theory. <laughs> yeah, definitely not. After everything you showed me in the presentation, um, it's it could take us down a pretty dark path. Um, can you can you tell us like it's definitely something that's being implemented in places like China. Um, is it being implemented here in the States? So the goal is that by the year 2025, there will be 500 smart cities in the U.S. And they may not be fully developed by that time, but they will be in some stage of implementation. And in the presentation, I talk about different aspects of it. I talk about what's being done here and what's being done in other countries. It's the same technology. Mm. And even though it may not be fully implemented here the way it is in other places, we always have to keep in mind that once it's there, anybody that steps into power then can use it for however they wish to use it. And recently I saw uh, something that Spike had put out on Twitter about imagine whatever it is that you want, imagine it in the worst possible hands of the worst government. That's, <laughs> that's what you're going to get eventually. Yeah. Yeah. And th that's, that's the biggest problem. People forget that um, their guy isn't always going to be in charge and their team isn't always going to be winning. And so when they implement things that are extremely powerful and intrusive, they're going to be used by the opposing their like whoever they don't like um, this, those people are going to use it as well um, for things that they definitely do not want to happen. And so it it makes it a uh, it makes you think twice before wanting to implement these kinds of kinds of things. Exactly, and we need to really drive home the point that it doesn't matter what your political affiliation is, it doesn't matter what's important to you. This can be used to monitor people that go to gun shows, or it can be used to monitor people that go to abortion clinics. It doesn't matter what your political affiliation is. You should be concerned about this. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, what uh, just brief overview of your presentation. Actually, let's talk about when you're going to do your presentation. We'll plug this, plug this now. And then again, at the end, um, when are you going to do this presentation and um, how can people see it? It's going to be tomorrow night at seven o'clock and you can, check out the channel on the LP Libertarian Party of Georgia channel on Eventbrite. Um, it, yeah, so it, it's tomorrow. And one of the things that we want to do, this is the first public presentation, but we want to make this available. So if you have a specific group that you would like to see this, Mm -hmm. that we can show the presentation in different places and that other people, if you feel inclined to give the presentation yourself, we can then train other people to give the presentation. Gotcha. That's that way. Cool. Yeah. That way we can have more of a widespread impact. And, and basically this is our goal right now is just to educate people 
And then it's up to people in their own communities to take it from there and decide what they want to do with this information. Do you want to start a grassroots movement against this? Do you just want to educate people in your community? And there has been pushback, I know, in, I believe in in San Francisco and a couple of other places, they are making it illegal there for the local government to use facial recognition. Um, I heard, I, I don't know a whole lot about it, but I did hear that there are some counselors in Helena, Montana that are speaking out and pushing back against it. So I think that it's important that we don't look at this as this is a done deal. There's nothing that we can do about it and Mm -hmm. that we just have to learn to live with it. Yeah. So it's something that we can maybe get ahead of before it becomes like semi-permanent policy, uh, which is, you know, most of the time we're trying to fight against policy that's already been established it seems like we might be able to get ahead of this one. Is that correct? Well, the thing is, there is no policy. Mm. They're just putting this into place and there's no regulation. Most of this information and data is being collected and stored by corporations. And there's just very little limitation on how this is, can be used. And I'm thinking about some of the possible repercussions of it. So like now there are police cars with license plate readers. We are used to that. That's been around for a while, but this will be license plate readers on every street, on every corner. So they will know where every single person is. They'll have a complete picture of your life and everywhere that you have been. So who's going to be getting this information? Are they going to, share it with your insurance company who's going to know that you've been to the liquor store three times this week or your your health insurance company that knows that you go to dunkin donuts every morning on your way to work we just we just don't know yeah it it just it definitely seems like it makes it a tool to punish people who disagree or quote-unquote disobey with what the people in charge want And so the people in charge, they're not really thinking about that carefully either. Mm. So there was a speech that Yuval Harari gave to Davos, the World Economic Forum, and he was trying to explain to them in Soviet Russia, the elites, the elite party members, they were surveilled more than anyone And you might think that, well, I'm a city council person or I'm the sheriff or I'm, you know, the city manager. You may think that you're not going to be susceptible to some of these repercussions, but you're not going to be in that position forever. Right. And there will be a permanent record of everything that you have done. And this can be used against you if you're a city council member and you if you're a, a, on a council of six and you're going up against the prevailing attitude, they can look at everywhere that you've been and monitor you too, to try to find something to use against you. Yeah. It's kind of scary. What, uh, what are some very like specific things um, that, that a smart city would entail? 
like what are what are some like equipment or programs that they would implement well one example is that they have heat sensors and these heat sensors actually measure the temperature of individuals so i know here locally they're doing it under the guise of protecting people from heat stroke but <laughs> they did point out that in 2021 where all of the different protests were taking place mm -hmm. that showed an example of where there was a spike in heat at a particular place and that was because there was a gathering of people there who were protesting so this is not a situation where you have this room where there are people just sitting around looking at monitors although that may be taking place all of this data is being crunched by artificial intelligence so the artificial intelligence people won't even have to see this happening it will read okay there's a spike in temperature we have to notify someone that there's a crowd gathering and again it, there's just so much room here for things to happen for this to be abused yeah and yeah we we really we're running out of time to get ahead of it because it's all well underway but yeah we definitely need to be talking about all of this now yeah i could see this going to, to down a dark road some dystopian book like the hunger games or you know something like that where i mean it, it kind of like what you're describing almost sounds like prison you know like somebody's always watching there's always things like surveilling you there's always they know every move you make um it doesn't sound great it's well like, yeah are you familiar with the concept of the panopticon no so it's a prison that would be designed like a, as an octagon or a rounded shape and then there's a tower in the middle where they can see everyone at all times well it doesn't really matter if you have anyone in the tower or not that's watching people they don't know whether or not they're being watched so if you don't know you're always going to act as if you are being watched mm. and that's kind of what we have going on here and if you think about the the concept of predictive policing where they use statistical information to make police decisions and when you do this it really undermines the presumption of innocence so you're not only being judged by what you're doing you're being judged by whether what you're doing could possibly indicate that you might commit a crime mm. and this philosophy is in use it has been in use for a while but when you marry that philosophy with this kind of surveillance which that's what it is it's passive surveillance it's one thing if you have an active investigation where you suspect someone of a crime and then you surveil them it's quite another thing when you passively surveil a population just in case they might do something yeah 
Yeah, big time. And AI, like, that's becoming a pretty powerful tool. Um, I, was, I mean, this has almost nothing to do with what we were just talking about. But I was watching Tim Pool this morning, and they fed some things through a AI that they would just feed it a short sentence or a few words, and it would generate a picture um, using those things. And it was like terrifyingly accurate. <laughs> yeah. And they do that with videos now too, which is even crazier. Yeah. And it, it's getting better. They're, they're perfecting it. And that I really encourage people to watch that Yuval Harari video. Mm -hmm. he, he gave two different, two different talks, one in 2018 and one in 2020 to Davos to the World Economic Forum. Mm -hmm. And if you go to his YouTube channel, you can find both of them there. But he talks about AI in general and how basically he, he calls it a useless class where all of these things are going to be done automatically and that we really have to be flexible moving forward you can't train someone in high school for what they're going to be doing their entire life because eventually whatever they're doing is going to be taken over by AI and they're going to have to move into some other occupation. Interesting. That's crazy. Yeah. I know a lot of people are, are worried about automation and stuff like that. I mean, just, just things like, you know, tellers at the, at the grocery store, they're being replaced slowly and surely because every time I go, it seems like there's more and more self-checkouts. <laughs> yeah. People are, are going to have to really think about what their skills are, develop different skills. That way they're not basically rendered useless in the workforce. Yeah. Which, which, you know, there, there's a place for, you know, specializing in stuff. Um, I, I think there are certain t times where there's just no possible way a robot is going to ever replace a human, or at least it's going to be a very long time. Um, but there are other things like if your job is incredibly simple, you know, like working at a fast food joint, just flipping burgers and taking orders like that stuff's going to be replaced pretty quick. In fact, I think there are some McDonald's where um, the, it's pretty automated. Uh, there's just a couple employees who work with a bunch of machines. So it's definitely something to prepare for and something that I, I talk about all the time, trying to be like adaptable and growing your skill set and learning new things um, through YouTube and going and hanging out with friends and who have other skills than you and stuff like that. And I think it's pretty important to do that, to build up your resilience to any type of change that happens in the future. Yeah, I agree. Nice. Um, what else? Let's, I think this is going to be a shorter episode. So let's, uh, give me one more thing that might entice people to come watch your presentation tomorrow night. Well, I'm going to talk about three different aspects. I'm going to talk about things that are currently being done here. I'm going to talk about things that are being done in other countries and, so I think that it's really important. I, I think that we've gotten to a point now where people, when they talk about the social credit score, they kind of roll their eyes and, yeah. you know, this, this, it's become kind of cliche and people don't even really stop to think about 
what that actually means. Mm. And so I'm going to talk about that and how these things are actually being used and the potential for them to be used in the same way is here. And so we need to be having some discussions about this and how we can prevent that from happening. And I do think that it's also important to remember that freedom is not something that is granted to us. Mm. It's something that we have to constantly struggle for and be vigilant and protect. I think that a lot of people have this idea where they have grown up in a relatively free country and think that it's always going to be this way. And mm. that, you know, you have to recognize that you have to protect that. And if you don't protect it, it can be taken away. Yeah, absolutely. Shane, Shane Hazel always says freedom is a verb. <laughs> yes, yes, definitely. Yeah. Um, well, it sounds like you have a little bit of hope that we can fight against this. It's not a situation where everybody should just move to the middle of the woods and not communicate with people. Um, would that well, be correct? <laughs> moving to the middle of the woods to me sounds like a very good plan. <laughs> yes. And <laughs> as, as soon as I'm able to do that, I, I think I'll move in that direction, but I, I like that plan too. Yeah. Obviously everyone's not going to want to do that. Um, and you shouldn't have to do that. Yeah. I mean, my documentary came out this past week and one of the quotes from the Spike Cohen interview was that if 90% of the people want to be subjugated, we're not going to stop that from happening. And so we have to convince them why they don't want to be subjugated. Well, I think that a great number of them, people just don't want to be inconvenienced. Yeah. If it's hard then they're just going to go along with it. If, if it means that opposing it is going to be a lot of inconvenience or a lot of work. Mm -hmm. So one of the other things that I think is important to this, because the potential is there, there are Wi-Fi hotspots and all of this in the smart cities. So your phone, your, if you have wearables, there, there's certain data that you voluntarily give them. Mm -hmm. And so you have control over that. Just stop giving them that data, mm -hmm. at least while you can. Yeah. Um, so another thing that we want to do, because I think it was the mayor of Montgomery said that their goal was for the city to have control of every camera in the city, both public and private. So if you have a private service that goes up into a cloud, like a ring doorbell mm -hmm. that, that yeah, eventually that can be used. I there, think it already is being used. Yeah. Uh, there, like, I know Amazon, that ring has, has a deal with like local precincts of police. That's exactly right. So we are putting together some things that people can do where they can have security mm -hmm. in their own house and set it up in their own house where they control yes. that data and it doesn't have to go up into a cloud. So we're hoping that it may be a little bit more trouble than just ordering one of those doorbells, mm -hmm. but where we can make it easy enough to where 
people who have some concern over this could do that. Yeah. It's the convenience thing that gets people because uh, I don't know about you, but for me, every time a new technology came out for, you know, 15 years leading up to this moment for me up until the last couple of years, anytime a new tech technology came out and it made things easier and convenient, I'm, I was all over it. I was like, okay, cool. I can automate this in my house. I can do this. I can like this, this becomes a little bit easier and I don't have to worry about it, but it really does come at a price and trying to, not only do you have to convince people that this problem exists and can get bad, you also have to convince them then to take away all the things that were helping their convenience and their ease of everyday living and replace it with things that are just slightly more annoying. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't use any apps on my phone. I don't have a smartphone. I just call text and take pictures. Mm -hmm. And so anything that I do, I do on my desktop and I've had people say, wow, I, I wish that I could be that, you know, that go about it that aggressively. And to me, it just doesn't really seem like that big of a deal mm -hmm. when you've never had it, then you don't miss it. Yeah. And yeah, I think a lot of this, these things that we need, it, it's kind of a matter of perspective. Yeah. And Nick Soselski, who uh, is the vice chair of LP Georgia, he is very much into tech and, you know, he's got, he, he's, he's sent me a ton of information on how to have things like home automation and like a smart home without using any of the tech that like Amazon and Google and all that and have it decentralized tech that only he has the keys to. Right, right. And that's what we want to do. We want to have another event like this smart city event and mm -hmm. teach people how to do those things. Nice. Yeah. I like that a lot. Um, well, yeah, let's keep this short for folks so they can tune in tomorrow. Or if you're listening to this on Tuesday, tune in today <laughs> um, to the presentation. Um, do you want to tell us when and where again before we sign out? It will be October the 11th at seven and you can get your ticket on Eventbrite. It is free, but if you want to leave us a donation, we will certainly appreciate that. Awesome. Elizabeth, thank you so much for coming back on the podcast and talking about this. I appreciate it. Thank you. And thanks to you for all you do. Absolutely. All right, y'all. That'll do it for this episode of the Free Georgia Podcast. Make sure you subscribe, like, comment, share all of the above. And if you have any questions or anything about what we're talking about has intrigued you, you can go to lpgeorgia.com to learn more, or you can email me at podcast at lpgeorgia.com. We'll see you next week. Mm -hmm.